Hey, welcome to the Danny Abel podcast, where I help you connect the dots between mindset, metabolism, nutrition, and fitness to help you easily understand complex health and wellness concepts. I'm thrilled you're here to listen to what I have to share. So let's dive right in. Hey guys, welcome to episode 17. This one is going to be a fun episode, nutrition and fitness industry myths busted. And I brought along my friend Alyssa for this episode. So Alyssa Zuartes, she is a really good friend and we've known each other for, gosh, is it like more than two years now? And we've never met years. I think it's now. Yep. Yeah. We've never met in person. So Alyssa and I met honestly during the pandemic and we have stayed connected ever since. Uh, We both found each other through kind of a fitness group, through a nutrition group, and we just started chatting with one another and quickly became really good friends. And honestly, we have used each other for accountability for both personal reasons and also for uh, coaching business reasons. And so I'm excited to have her today. I'm going to turn it over to Alyssa and let her introduce herself. Hello. Well, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been about two and a half years since we met, and it was uh, it was interesting. It was just like we had all of these different things that just connected us the way we trained and the way we you know our our past and whatnot. So it was really cool, and the fact that you know we talk almost every day and we have this kind of connection, you know, and I think that's what's really great, and that's a great thing that came out of the pandemic as well as, you know, with online coaching, um, you know, just being able to have those groups and that support that you may not have at home, like whether it be with the people that you live with or um, possibly your community is really small or really spread out or you live really remotely or whatnot. And I think that's that's a a really positive thing that came out of the pandemic was just the connection with people online. And then on top of that, you know, with people's health, I feel like a lot more people put their health first because they were, they realized that they didn't have to go to the gym. They didn't have to get a gym membership. They didn't have to feel that pressure. They didn't have to, right? Like do all the things, the regular things that you have to do when you start a program. Like you could literally do it in your living room, no matter how big or small it was with a few dumbbells. And it just kind of changed the fitness industry and the nutrition industry as a whole, I think. So, you know, it's great that um, I feel you know, great that I'm able to be a part of that. Um, my background is, uh, I mean, I grew up as a dancer, so that's kind of where my physical activity started. Uh, my mom forced me into dancing, <laughs> which at the beginning she forced me, eventually I started liking it. Um, but that's where I started. And then once I kind of finished up high school and moved, um, I got into weight training and, uh, I mean, love, hate, I definitely was not consistent. I think that was the biggest, uh, miss for me was just like, I do it and then not do it and take summers off and, you know, um, and then got into the whole cardio and, you know, so I think we all kind of have very similar journeys when it comes to fitness and just trying to understand it, understand how our, how our body responds, how it works. Uh, what's good, what's not. But now there's so much more out there to, you know, to be offered to people. Um, And 
yeah, I worked in, uh, when it comes to work, I was uh, in retail management for like 20 years. So this is like my second career. Um, I kind of took something that I've always been interested in. I've always wanted to know more about. And I took the opportunity during the pandemic, you know, since we all kind of had that time of just sitting, <laughs> um, I decided exactly. to get certified as a nutrition coach. And then a little bit later as a personal trainer, which is always something I've had a passion for, but just could never figure out how to incorporate it into my life as a career. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, I do mostly um, online nutrition coaching as well as online training and then also in-person training in um, Toronto because I am from Toronto, Canada. So I was just going to say, we have to, t- we have to tell the audience that we are both like, we'll just call it like near slash in Canada. So yeah, Alyssa has like a little bit of, you know, that Canadian accent and (laughs) because I live so close to the border, like many of the people here, they also have like a very similar dialect. And uh, a lot of people, like when they first talk to me, they'll be like, are you from Canada? And I'll be like, well, no, but like I'm a stone's throw away. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's interesting. And again, like this is so cool, right? You can really be friends. You can be connected with anyone around the world. Like I've had clients all around the world, which is so cool. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's what I do. I help, um, mostly I, I like, it's mostly women that I, that I coach and a lot of the time they are, you know, kind of over 40, you know, ready to, um, ready to just kind of get back their life where so their kids have grown up a little bit. So they have a bit more free time. They have some time to themselves. They just came out of the pandemic and all this craziness in the world that they're just like, okay, I I'm ready to live my best life halfway through my life. Now that my kids are older, now that things feel like I have more control over my life, I'm ready to live longer. And, you know, that's kind of how I explain it is I'm here to help you, um, diet in a safe way and lose weight and reach your goals, whatever those might be, whether they're building muscle or, you know, uh, even just changing your lifestyle habits and being consistent with something. So I think it's really important to, um, to make sure that coaches uh, are realistic, right? Like we want, we want to help you have a better life um, to build a healthy lifestyle, but also put years on your life. And, and that is, is really the most important thing is teaching people and not just saying like, here's a meal plan. Here's a training plan. Do, you know, here's a to-do list, do what I say. And if you can't do it, well, you're not going to get results. You know, it's more about working with the client and really it being a 50, 50 relationship, um, and helping them through their struggles and being able to create, Uh, a realistic lifestyle for them that helps them understand how to get to their goals. Yeah, exactly. It's not, I always say like, this is not a dictatorship. You didn't hire me to tell you how to live your life. You hired me to gain some knowledge and also support that you felt Mm -hmm. like you were lacking. And because of that, you were maybe not able to progress as quickly or as far or be as successful with making progress or even sustaining it. So, you know, we can't do this in like, we can't do it in my way because, you know, my way may not be best for you. 
Yeah. And I like, you know, you mentioned accountability a little while back, and I think that's something that we need to kind of really, really think about. Um, when I first started, I was actually just an accountability coach. And there's something about that, that if we, if we strip away the nutrition, we strip away the training, right? Because most of the time it's like, I'm following this app. I really enjoy this trainer. Um, I, I eat healthy enough, like, right, clean, like whatever, you know, a lot of times is what people say is like, I, I, like I eat fairly healthy. I don't eat junk food. I don't eat greasy food. And, and then yet they're just like, but it's just, I can't seem to just get in the groove. Yeah. And I've yeah. always said accountability is the missing link to all of it. So whether you have a best friend who's like, you know, an accountability partner, whether it could be your, your spouse, your partner, um, you know, maybe it's someone you meet online. Um, maybe it's a group on Facebook, like whatever that looks like for you. But accountability is huge because otherwise you strip it away and it's like, well, who's watching? No one's who's, watching. Who's going to make sure I do it? And, and we, we all know that, you know, you and I both too is just like some mornings, I don't feel like getting up at six or at five or at four and going to work out. Right. But you know, you need that, that partner or that, or that space, right. Sometimes it's posting online if that works for you, but I think accountability is a big one. And that's, that's what a lot of our clients hire us for is like, yes, they want the education around nutrition, you know, is my program working? Sure. But most of the time it comes down to just having someone to be able to message and say, okay, I don't really feel like going to the gym right now. You just need a kick in the butt. You know, you need someone to, or just to remind you or give you the permission to either do something or not do something. That was a big one. Um, I had a client who just went away and she was like, oh my God, like, do do I track? Do I bring my scale? And I'm like, okay, listen you have been amazing. You've been consistent. You've been using all those things. We've been doing all the things you feel great. One week away is not going to put you back to the beginning, right? Because now you have a different mindset. You're going to be more mindful naturally. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? Like, just put that away. Like, it's okay. You, You almost need that person to say, it's okay. You don't have to track next week. Just yeah. do that. Just drink some water. Just make sure you hit your protein. Right. And then you're just like, exactly. I can do that. <laughs> you're like, I'm yeah. Like, yeah. It's okay, okay. Great. So sometimes <laughs> like even, even with you and I, I feel like sometimes I'm like stuck on something and you're like, well, why, like, why do you have to do that? And I'm like, well, I don't know. And then you're just like, <laughs> you don't have to. And I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> I know you just need the permission from somebody else. Yeah. I think thing. that's a big yeah. one. It's a big one is, is, is accountability. So yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, honestly, like we should maybe just take a minute here and just talk about that, like for ourselves, because when her and I found each other online, essentially it was in the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was like forced home. And I think a lot of people found that time as a really good time to figure out like, okay, I got to figure out this nutrition thing. Like how the hell do I do this? And so for me, I had come from a place of like these these dieting portion containers, which I didn't realize was dieting at the time. It was not marketed to me like that. It was just, it was called a nutrition plan. Well, lo and behold, it was actually dieting. And I didn't know enough back then to realize that essentially the food recommendations that I was being given was not enough. It was not enough for my body. It would have been fine for a period of time as a diet phase. Mm -hmm. But when I asked like, well, now what do I do 
you know, that I'm done with this like quote unquote program, what do I keep doing? I was told, oh, you just keep doing that. And I was like, Ooh, okay. So I did it for a while. I think it was a year and a half. And I got to the point where, you know, I started to feel so bad on the inside that I, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what it was. Um, so there was this, this, um, we'll just call him a expert nutrition. Um, he's not an influencer. He's the farthest thing from an influencer, but he, we'll just call him an educator. Real deal. Um, and he had some YouTube videos that I would find really helpful. And so I started kind of like following his content and he was talking about like flexible dieting and the idea of tracking macros and how it was the key to being able to like, you know, eat what you wanted and live your life, but also still, you know, make sure that you were eating enough fiber and fruits and veggies and protein, but like, it's fine if you want to have the cookie and with this old portion quote, nutrition, quote, program, there was no room for the cookie. Like you didn't get a cookie container, you know, (laughs) you didn't get an ice cream container. So that led me to like, when I would want to have those things, I felt like I was off track. And then when I would feel off track, I would self-sabotage myself and I would cut my food the next day because I was like, shit, I got to be better. I got to just, I got to restrict this. So when I, when I started to really buy into this concept shortly thereafter, he released a tracking app and I started using it and it was actually like a coaching app. So I put in my information and lo and behold, you know, after, I don't know, maybe three to four months of tracking my food, I was actually like 1000 calories under where I should have been for my body weight and the amount of activity that I was doing. And when I went from, you know, say 1500 in the app to 60 or 2600, like 25, 2600, and I didn't gain any weight, I mean, you know, maybe a pound or two or something, I was like floored. I was like, how can this be? (laughs) (laughs) What have I been missing? So I started posting in the Facebook group and telling other people the key is not to just restrict your calories. Like there's something here. And what I didn't know at the time was it was the concept of reverse dieting. And I didn't know that I was actually reverse dieting, but the app was, was coaching me through that process. So I started posting my pictures in the group and there was one day that Alyssa commented on it. And then she sent me a private message and she's like, I feel like we're really similar. Like, Hey, I'm Alyssa. And literally the, le- the rest is like history. <laughs> totally. And we literally had the same exact um, like lifestyles and how we got to where we got to. Right. And a lot of it, like you mentioned, is just like under eating. You know, I went to a nutritionist. She gave me a meal plan. I was like, OK, I got a meal plan. But then I'm like, well, what, what happens? Like, I can't keep paying a nutritionist like, to, yeah. to pay for a consult fee every single time. So it's like, OK, it's at, at what point do I do I like, how do I eat normal again? Like, when does this stop? And I guess is like that, that question, right. Is like, what, what's next. Um, and that's obviously all uh, something that we, that we help our clients with, um, in just understanding that, you know, like you mentioned, you have the little containers or you have, um, 
you know, your meal plan, or maybe you follow an app that gives you a meal plan. And I think there's definitely parts of that that are good, right? Because they give you different ideas. And that's really what it's about. It's basically Pinterest, right? It's just grabbing those ideas and, and creating them for yourself or for your family. Um, but I think it's it's also important to know about, you know, with macro tracking, it, it comes down to just uh, balancing and, and, and understanding balance in your, in your day and not having those good foods slash bad foods is, is a big one, right? It's like, oh no, I can't eat that. Again, we come back to permission. And one of the things that a lot of my clients will say to me, like, I'm allowed to have the cookie. And I'll always say like, well, of course, right? Like if, if the rest of your day is, you know, you're, you're packing your meals in, you have your, your protein and your carbs and your fats and you have all of that and that feels good, then like, why, why not have the cookie if you can fit it in to what your calorie budget is that particular day? Like what is stopping you? And I think there's, that's a whole other, you know, subject matter is how we think about food and what's good and what's bad and, and all those types of things. And I think what macros does is it just gives you that flexibility to understand food um, a little bit differently, but also to understand that not all macros are the same for everyone. And that's a big one um, with, with macros, right? Cause you, you go in my fitness pal, um, which, which the majority of uses, right? And it's, we've all used it at some point in our journey. Um, but I think, you know, understanding how you calculate macros is not so black and white or straightforward. Um, then there's so many other components to think about. So if you find yourself like, you know, okay, well, Fitness Pal gave me these macros. And I did that when I first started at the at the beginning of the pandemic, when I said, okay, my health's getting in check. I'm turning 40. I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. The first thing I did is I went to my Fitness Pal. I, you know, plopped in the information and out shot 1600 calories, but I was working out at the time. I'm going to be honest, not good. I don't recommend this, but I was working out seven days a week, right? I was doing that typical, um, you know, hit style weight resistance training, which was fun. And I love the variety, but the problem is I was working, I was doing it seven days a week, mostly because I was kind of bored, but at the same time, imagine <laughs> eating, made us do weird things, right? <laughs> but imagine eating 1600 calories because that's what my fitness pal gave me. Um, so I did, I got really thin and I actually, I actually lost my cycle for a good amount of months because I was under eating. And it's funny because I was getting a lot of compliments, right? Because my body was changing and, but we have to remember like our body is not going to change on the outside if we can't change it on the inside first. And I think if you feel like crap, it doesn't matter if you can fit into the size two. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Like I always talk about, I've, I've written it in some emails in the past. Um, and I talk about like, there was a time when I was so lean, like I felt so good. I was like, I mean, like mentally I felt very good, but like physically on the inside, I felt like absolute trash. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I tried to ignore it for a really long time because like on the outside, it was like, I was like super lean. Like you mm -hmm. could see like all my freaking veins. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah what I didn't realize at the time is that like, you know, sure you can, you can have a phase of that if you want to get really lean and, you know, maybe do like a photo shoot or whatever. Um, however, you really can't live your life like that because 
on the inside, like your body is trying to tell you that it doesn't have enough fuel to work with. And then your performance, if you are trying to work towards, you know, building muscle, getting stronger, et cetera, that goes, that goes downhill too. And I think it was a combination of when I realized it, it was, you know, one afternoon in the pandemic, I had just fed our kids lunch and I lay down on the couch to take a nap after I got done giving them lunch. They were also laying down for like a little rest. And I remember laying there and thinking like, I just felt hollow inside. And I was like, man, I feel like maybe I'm, I'm missing something here. And, you know, back to that time, it was like, it was like right around that time when I started to <clears throat> kind of have a mindset shift around the fact that like, how do you increase your food without gaining weight? Mm-hmm. I, I sure the hell wasn't going back to that place that I was in because I did not like the way that my body looked. Um, my clothes didn't fit. If it was hard to move around, you know, I hated looking in the mirror, et cetera. Cause you were so bigger. Was, Is that what you mean? Like during your bigger days? Yeah. 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 Like I was like, okay, in my mind, like with my level of knowledge back then, it was like, I got to keep my food at this level to maintain what I have achieved. And that's, I think that's a lot of what the clients that come to us have had or are currently going through is they don't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. Even if they haven't achieved their goal, maybe they've made a little bit of progress, but they get to the point with whatever they were doing, it gets to the point where they can't sustain it. How do I keep it? How do I keep this weight? I know how, now I know how to get there, but how do I keep it? That's the, and that's the challenge in itself, right? It's not so much the dieting, like the dieting is, I mean, obviously, yes, your, your metabolism needs to be working at an optimal level for it to, you know, you properly lose weight. But I feel like most people can be like, cut calories, exercise, lose weight. And that, and sure, most of the time that will happen. Um, But then what? That's the big question. Then what? And that's where the education comes in. Um, You know, you talked about, I think this, this would be a good time for us to kind of go into those periods of nutrition and those different phases of what that looks like. You mentioned, um, you know, being super lean. Um, and like, I always bring this back to fitness professionals. So those that compete, right. That do this for a living, they don't look cut 365 days of the year. And I think that's what we don't realize as us general population. We don't realize that we just, we see the pictures and the photo shoots and the magazines, but that was the, they, were in a cutting phase for that photo shoot. They were in a cutting phase for that competition, but that was only for a couple of weeks or a month that that kind of event was happening. But outside of that, they they're not. They don't look like that. They don't eat like that. So, and I think that's that for me anyway was just kind of an aha moment that I was like, oh. So they, you know, they go through their building phase where they'll gain weight and their abs will go away and they'll build that muscle underneath the quote unquote fat and then go into cutting, right? Where you go into a deficit and you shed that fat that's on top of the muscle, which then reveals the muscle. And I think once you explain it in a certain way, people are like, oh, 
that's how it works. Because so often, how many clients do you get that are like, listen, I just want toned arms. I just want to be toned. But we forget like the word toned essentially is you want to look somewhat muscular. And I don't mean big and bulky, like, you know, bodybuilder, but you want to have a shape. And the way to get a shape essentially is resistance training, right? Strength training. So it's, yep. it's understanding what those phases, what they mean and how they change your body within, let's say, a year. Yeah, exactly. And I think another piece <clears throat> when it comes to that toned conversation is, <clears throat> I think it's like twofold, like what we've kind of been led to believe in like magazines and even to some extent, like some of the Instagram influencer stuff mm-hmm. that's, that's out there is it'll be these women that are like, you know, get fit at home <clears throat> and they're lifting like the three pound dumbbells yeah. for five minutes. I mean, like, I don't even know, like 30 or 40 repetitions <clears throat> that, that doesn't, that is not uh, a superior strategy to just regular old lifting, you know, which is going to be like maybe three or four sets, two to four sets, you know, of 10 to 15 reps, or even, you know, six to 12 reps, etc. So there's that that we have to unpack and help people to understand like the pink dumbbell club. That's not where you want to be. And I think the second piece is also in order to get that toned, sculpted shape, you have to be eating enough in order for your your body to have a stimulus to lay down tissue, in order for you to lay down tissue, there has to be enough energy available. There has to be enough protein. So like when we're tearing muscle down, our body can't take carbohydrates and fats and lay it in the muscle belly and build the muscle. It has to have protein, amino acids to do that. And if you're not eating enough food and therefore your body isn't fueled, your, your body is not going to repair the damaged tissue that you are causing from resistance training. So essentially you're tearing down more tissue than you are even repairing, let alone building. Yeah, totally. I think, um, you know, coming, coming back to those kind of influencers, trainers and whatnot, I think, you know, a lot of people will look and go, okay, I want to look like that. That's why I want to, I want to use that program. But you have to remember as well what they program for the general population. So that app that they program every day or every week or every month or whatever it is, that's not the same work they're doing. So (laughs) if they look a certain way, it's not because they're lifting three pound dumbbells and they're doing 40 reps or they're doing, you know, Tabata or do they do that? Probably. Yes, for sure. Right. Because they they do record the program, but you have to remember they're recording that. That's not their training program. And if you probably saw their training program, it would be it would look a lot different different. And it would look like a lot more lifting, a lot more, you know, core movement patterns and all of that type of stuff. But I think what happens is trainers want to appease clients because yeah, we do, we get bored with our workouts. It's like, Oh my God, I have to go to the gym and you don't want to go because it's boring or whatever. So you want something that has variety that you're excited to get to, but you also have to remember that consistency is what provides you with the results, especially when it comes to muscle building. So a lot of those workouts are great for variety and they're great for kind of like an accessory day or whatnot, 
But if you're looking for some real gains, and what I mean by gains is not necessarily big bulky muscles, but gains as in gaining the strength that you're looking for to tone those arms, you know, you do need to be able to lift and increase that weight. So it's, you know, just paying attention to your program is also important um, as well. Yeah. And I think actually, now that we're talking about that, this is actually a really good time to maybe just talk about like, you know, program variety and training goals and things like that. So what, what I would say, like the biggest takeaway, well, actually I have like two takeaways that I, that I would say, and then I'll let you kind of share what, what you think yours are, or maybe what you guide clients to do. So like a lot of times clients will come to us and they, they feel like it is definitely their nutrition and it probably is, but it's more, it's probably more a combination of both. You know, if your nutrition is not in a good place, but then you don't have a consistent program to follow and you aren't documenting your training, Mm -hmm. then it's really hard to assess, are you making progress? Because if you are just using the scale, you know, as a measurement, when you build muscle that weighs, it, you know, it weighs a lot. So we were talking about this before we started recording the episode Mm -hmm. that sometimes it's really frustrating for clients because, you know, they, they come with the goal of, you know, weight loss. We tell them they have to eat more and it's totally counterintuitive to them. And so then what ends up happening is, you know, the scale maybe doesn't really change very much, but their measurements significantly change because we guide them to the fact that like, A, we have to be fueling our body. And in order to even lose fat, like your body, your metabolism has to be able to like burn that fat for fuel. And if you've been under eating, and I think like, I would even go as far as saying that like 90% of my clients, they don't even know. They don't know that they've been dieting. Like they're like, nope, never dieted before. But then I give them like, Hey, you are here. This is where we need to be in order to optimally lose fat and build muscle. And then it starts to come into the crosshairs and they're like, oh, so when you talk about dieting, that's the same thing as under eating. Yes. I'm like, yeah, yes, exactly. Like it it can be intentional or unintentional. And so then once we get that in a better place, then we start to look at their training and I'm like, okay, well, what are we actually doing for training? And sometimes it's like, you know, like a random YouTube or like a saved Instagram workout Or even some clients will have like a pretty decent program that they're following, but it's marketed as a program, but it actually is not like, there's no, there's a less optimal strategy behind it. Like, I guess is what I would say. So it's like, you know, one week you're doing something, week two, you're doing something else. It's not necessarily progressive. Exactly. Like it's, it's marketed as like a, I don't know, let's just call it like the, the sculpted and toned four-week program, but it's all random. (laughs) And then you can't, there's also no way for them to record what they're doing. So they can't, you know, record anything about like, this is what I chose to lift today. So that when I lift that again, you know, on week two or on week three or week four, I'll know if I'm gaining strength. So they don't know. Yeah. And so then they fall back into the whole scale thing. And it's just a cycle that keeps repeating itself. Because the scale goes up if they are building muscle and then they're like, it's just a complete, it's a mind fuck, honestly. 
And I think a lot of clients, especially the general population that are just, you know, they're moms, they're busy, they have all kinds of extracurriculars and they're like, how would I, I can't even fathom. Like, I remember when I first started counting macros, I was like, oh my God, this is a Tetris game. What is this nonsense? People actually do this. It's taking me all day, you know? And I think it's, it's just, it's also changing the mindset around being realistic. Um, at first when clients come, I always, I usually, I usually start with just like, are you doing something you like right now? Right? Because at the beginning, it's about easing into it. This is not a program that we just hand you and then you just do it and then you get the changes and then you, I don't know then what happens after, like you just stop. Right? You're just, yeah, exactly. So I think it's, it's important to, to understand that looking for that balance of, yes, you should enjoy it. You should not hate it. And you don't have to do it because you're getting the results, but yet you hate doing it because you'll never get to it. If you love what you do, you'll be excited to work out. And that's, that's the bottom line. It could be a class. It does not matter to me, especially at the beginning. Um, even with clients that, that don't move anymore, right? Oh, I used to exercise, but I haven't in a couple of years. I had kids, things got busy. Those types of people, I'm like, I just want you to find something that you really like to do to get moving. Mm-hmm. And I think those types of apps and programs are great, right? Because you connect with the person. It's fun. There's a community. You're having fun, yada, yada. And that works, you know, for the first month, maybe the first two months. But eventually you start to get into the groove of like, okay, I got these lifestyle habits down. I'm starting to understand my food a little bit more, but I'm still kind of I'm like, not really seeing what I want to see. And usually that will then come down to, okay, well, let's talk about your training now. Like Mm -hmm. it's been fun. I'm glad that you got into a groove. Now you, we're not worried about you getting to your workout, which is really the biggest challenge, right? Is, is finding the time. So putting it in your calendar and then actually doing it. But a lot of times, are you actually doing it during the workout, right? Like, are you pushing yourself as hard as you can through it. Like we have to remember, it's not just going through the motions. Some days, absolutely. Sometimes it's about creating that habit and that consistency. But at the end of the day, are you getting out what you need to? Is your, is your program strategic for your body and your goals? I think is the big one. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's just, and you see these like flashy marketing titles in, and, and they're used like that for a reason, you know, mm-hmm. the sculpt and tone program, I'm sure there's like, you know, 50 influencers right now that have a, t- a program called that because that's what people want. So you buy it and, and then, you know, I'm not saying that they're bad. It's just that there's a time and a place for them. Yeah. And if you're consistent and you get to the point where you want to kind of like up level your training then just know that you don't have to do those forever. Mm-hmm. It's like with your nutrition, you really shouldn't do the same thing over and over again. Same thing with training. Like, you know, look at your your training, you know, maybe it's every quarter, maybe it's every six months and figure out like, am I enjoying this? And am I actually making strength progressions with it? And you talked about adapting. And I think that that is, you know, very relevant for training, but also for nutrition, right? We talked about when people come to you and they're eating such low calories in a deficit, they're, well, they're no longer in a deficit because they thought they were eating, you know, in a deficit, but your body gets used to those calories. Now those calories are maintaining you there. You're not losing on them anymore. Right? So it's the same thing with your training. If you do the same thing over and over and over, and I'm not, and 
Yes, training needs to be repetitive to build, but it's more so repetitive movements where you can change the exercises as, you know, creating that variety, but the movements themselves are the same essentially. Um, But when it comes to other programs that don't have that strategy, right, then, then you're kind of all over the place, but your body will adapt. So if you're doing the same program for a long period of time or you're training the same way, and you're finding you're not seeing those results, well, it's the same idea as the food. If you eat the same thing all the time or you train the exact same way all the time, you will you will stop seeing progress because now your body's used to it. Now you're not challenging it. Now you're not changing it. So it's just like, okay, cool. I'm just going to hang out here. And that's that's happens a lot of the time. And it's really understanding how do I get out of this adaptation, whether it be with nutrition or with training. Yeah. And actually, now that you say that, that actually, that brings up a really good, a really good segue. So I think something that I will talk with potential clients about a lot, and this is something that I hear, and I would even venture to say that you probably do hear it a lot as well, is it would be financially uh, smart. I was going to say like, it would behoove you to probably like, you know, for a while, you're probably going to try it on your own for a while. You know, you're going to do, you're going to know that like, you know, maybe my food's not been in a good place. So you kind of like back off on the food, reduce that out for a while. You start getting your body moving, whether that be with like some kind of a program or walking or et cetera. And that works for a while. And at some point you plateau, you get stuck. And usually the clients that I'm talking with, it's so frustrating for them because they know that that worked and it's like, why isn't it working anymore? Yes. And I'm here to tell you that that's normal. It happens to me. It happens to everybody. Like that is how this whole thing works. Um, And unfortunately, you know, you, you, you have to know what to do next. And that's really a big part of the sustainability piece. Because you can't just hop from program to program to program if you don't know the why. You don't know why the program, it was designed or what it was created to do. Like this is going back to that portion thing for me. So I knew I needed to lose weight. I needed to quote unquote, like eat healthier. And so I, you know, started this whole portion thing and it worked great. I lost weight. But then I got to the point where I was told by, you know, people within the company who were uneducated that you just have to keep doing that. And so for a period of time, that was what I believed. And so therefore my beliefs influenced my behavior until I got to the point where I was like, you know, if this is how you're supposed to do it, I feel like, like I have questions. (laughs) I have questions. Where do the cookies go? Um, where to, where does the ice cream go? You know? And that's when I started to have that mindset shift. And I'll tell you that I felt like, I felt very ashamed. I felt, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, and I wasn't, I would say my ego got in the way from me asking for help. Like I didn't, I felt like I shouldn't have to pay for that. I felt like I should just know this. Totally. I've been in this for 20 years. Why don't I know what to do? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. I, I, I agree. I think that 
you know, we go through and we're like, well, I've tried everything and I should know what I'm doing. And why would I pay for someone? I've been working out for 20 years. Why would I pay a trainer? Like I know, I know how to use everything at the gym, but it comes back to that strategy. Um, something I wanted to come back to you that you, you mentioned about eating and I kind of want to take a little bit of a different turn with it, if that's okay. You yeah, talked about um, the portions and, you know, you know, not being able to eat outside your Tupperware. What does that mean for the future, right? We're like we have to think about mindset wise as well and, and lifestyle. Like you can't bring your Tupperware on vacation. Um, and when you don't eat from your Tupperware, you automatically feel guilty. Like you're doing something wrong. Like your results are down the drain because you need to eat from the Tupperware. And, and I'm just using the Tupperware as an example because you mentioned it. it. It could be like any, any food plan or whatnot. Um, but what happens when, when that, when the meal plan is, is you, you're not at home, you can't prepare your food. You, you have to go to a restaurant. Like all of a sudden food anxiety comes up and it's like, but I'm not allowed. I, I, I can't like, I can't go. I can't go because I can't eat in my Tupperware or right. Like it's, it's really, what does that mean for your lifestyle, for your mindset? And not to mention, and I say this to most of my clients because most of them are female and they have kids. What, what are we teaching? Who's watching, right? Our kids are watching us no matter how young they are, um, especially girls, right? When it comes to dieting, it's very sensitive. What does that mean for them? What are they seeing? So they're seeing mom makes an awesome dinner for us, but, but she makes a separate meal that has like a little Tupperware with a little some salad and some lettuce in it. And mommy has a separate meal. Like what, what is that? What is the message that we are, you know, showing our kids? What are we sharing with them? Like, because what's going to happen is monkey see monkey do. They're going to get to 12 years old, 13 years old. They're going to be like, oh, I need to watch my weight because my mom's dieted my whole life. And, you know, and so it affects the people around us. Um, and at the same time, it just doesn't make sense when you're, I don't know, in 20 years from now, are you still going to be eating from the Tupperware or are you still going to be frustrated because now, now your hormones are in the way. Now you've got menopause. Now you've got a whole bunch of other stuff to worry about that. You're still trying to eat out of the Tupperware. Yeah. That's totally. not life. A hundred percent. Like I can remember actually, like as you were describing all of that for me, <clears throat> like I, I got to the point where I had to buy a second set of the little containers because there would be, <laughs> this is so silly now. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there'd be times where like, you know, I didn't get to the dishwasher in time, but it was like time to eat the next meal. And I didn't have the Tupperware. <laughs> and you didn't know how to portion control exactly. because you only knew how to eat exactly. out of that particular container. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And what's really ridiculous about it is that like, I don't remember the exact number, but it was really low. So like for carbs, um, we got this like little yellow container and the carbs, I'm pretty sure that we got like, oh gosh, maybe four of them per day and they were small. So it was like essentially like one piece of bread, like would be the equivalent of one container. So, you know, knowing what I know now, essentially yeah. it was like four pieces of bread. Okay. So let's just say like one slice of bread for ease of calculation is a hundred calories and it's 20 carbs, you know, so 20 times four, a hundred calories. 
And so it was like, essentially, I was only eating 80 grams, 80 grams of carbohydrate per day. And knowing what I know now, anything under 100 carbs, 100 grams of carbs per day is considered very low carbohydrate diet. Yeah. And I did that for a year and a half eating 80 grams of carbs per day. Like no wonder why I felt anxiety ridden. You know, my brain wasn't working very good. Right. But as you say this, you know, there might be women listening going, yeah, but carbs and and we, this is where we come from as well. Cut out carbs, cut out bread, cut out pasta And when you don't understand nutrition or you don't understand what the food is, what it consists of and what it's doing, what it contributes to your body, then you are, you're cutting out food groups that you actually need to get the results that you want. But because we've been made to believe certain things then it's, it's like, we can't even bring ourselves to eat it, right? Like we want to, cause our coach is telling us that, that carbs are important and carbs help, you know, so many things and, and we need to have this and it's great for brain function and gut and all this stuff. And, and yet I have clients who are just like, Oh, I'm so scared about carbs. And it's amazing because it just goes to show you that so much of the messaging that we've been hearing for 20 and 30 years is just, you can say whatever you want to sell, whatever you want. And it's, it it really is frustrating because, you know, like you and I both know and clients come to us, we're like, okay, I need you to erase all of that. And we're going to start and we're going to start explaining to you because once, like you said about context, Once you have context, once you have understanding about what you're eating and why and how much, same thing with training, you understand what you're doing, what you're building on, what muscle you're using, how to increase it, how to increase it. Once you have understanding of all that, then you're able to get behind it. And I think that's, that's like anything, right? Like a job. If someone doesn't give you the big picture, you're just like, yeah, I don't have the buy-in yet. Right. You need that buy-in. You need to understand the whole process. And we've been led to believe that dieting is super fast and quick. Cut calories, exercise more. You'll drop some weight. You'll feel great. See you later. It's almost like giving birth and talking about the, the, the pregnancy, but never mentioning what happens after. It's like that. Like, that's how I equate it. I'm like, no one ever told me all of this stuff that happens. And I think it's the same idea. It's like, well, they tell me how to lose it, how to lose it. That's all I hear in the, in the magazines and in the marketing, but then they just leave me. Yep. Exactly. And then I'm stuck and then I'm frustrated and then I'm, you know, and then I gain weight again and then I hate my body. And it's, it's really, it's, it's heartbreaking because I, I know, you know, you and I, you and I both are very much into like empowering women through nutrition and through working out is when you have that understanding, you have the power to fix it, to change it because you know what you're doing. It's that lack of knowledge, um, or the lack of lack of knowledge, but you know, just the what's out there. Unfortunately, this industry is very, very difficult. And something that I try to help my clients with who come, who come forward, like, well, the, first of all, I always like, I always tell them, thank you. Like, thank you for bringing that forward because I don't know that there's a belief there or some kind of a thought or a feeling, you know, you feel some kind of way. 
And sometimes it can be really vulnerable to share that because, you know, nobody can really truly know what's happening in our head until you start to share it. And so like when those, when those thoughts and feelings and experiences Mm -hmm. come forward, I always say like, okay, you know, good. I'm glad that you shared this. Like, let's unpack this. You know, where do you feel like that's coming from? Or like, where have you heard that before? Or, you know, like asking a lot of like self-discovery questions because, you know, I can tell you all day long, the carbs aren't what make you fat. (laughs) But until I understand why you think that, I really can't truly help you because just jamming information down your throat, telling you that you're wrong Mm -hmm. um, isn't helpful. No, because there's, they're going to do it for a certain amount of time, but at the same time, if if they don't believe it, then it's not going to continue for them. Um, You know, you talked a little bit about, you know, you kind of going into the mindset of how people think we, but we all know that this is a, this is psychological, right? It's, it's, Nutrition is not necessarily just about food. It's about the psychology around it and how it makes us feel. And that's a big one. I think a lot of us go into a program or go and start with a coach and you're like gung-ho and you're like, this is what I believe it's going to look like. And then it's just like, whoa, where did all this stuff come from? Like, how am I unpacking all this? What is this therapy? And sometimes- it, it really, that's really what food is. It brings up all kinds of insecurities and vulnerabilities. And it, it's like that for all of us. It's not just, you know, a few people. It's not just, it, it's all of us. It really, really does. And I, and I hope people understand that and don't feel ashamed of that because that's really, once you, once you unpack that, then you start to feel a lot more free. So and I think you, you don't feel as ashamed, you know, it normalizes it. Yep. And it's definitely like it, I would say like, it's maybe not talked about enough. It's, it's probably something that is a little bit more hidden, but what I wish I always could do is, you know, <clears throat> and you probably feel the same way. Like we're in the driver's seat, right? So we talk to all the clients throughout the week. Like we know what comes up. We know that there's these certain like patterns and things that we consistently see with people. And unfortunately, there's just like, there's just not a way. I mean, obviously we put together content and we make Mm -hmm. podcast episodes like this and, you know, try to share in ways to help people see it's not just you. Yes. But I wish, like, I wish I could take the information that's in my brain and be able to like, give it, you know, give it to somebody and be like, see, it's not just you. This is so common. Like, don't, you know, don't feel like you're the only one. And I think that was a big part of when you and I met, it was very reassuring to me. You know, we went through the same struggles. Like, do you remember when we, when we made the transition to go to maintenance, I felt like my goals were going to die. <laughs> yeah. Cause we were both in a deficit when we first met and that's all yeah. we knew was dieting that's and then not dieting. Knew. I only knew two phases. I didn't know there was others. I only knew that I'm on a diet or I'm off a diet. And when I'm off a diet, Oof, all, you know, all hell go, it's all up in the air. You know, it's like start fresh Monday. (laughs) Start around Monday. Right. But talking about, um, mindset, what, what is the biggest, okay, I'm going to segue into this because what is the biggest, um, mindset block that clients and people have in general, the one device that does it? The scale. The scale. The freaking scale. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And that those ugh, scale. That's like a that can be a whole conversation when it comes to the scale and 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 that just like is is again heartbreaking because we put so much emphasis on this digital machine that takes batteries and it's wrapped up in our entire how we feel about ourselves. It really is. It takes two AA batteries and we put all of our confidence, all of our everything into what that number is going to say when I wake up in the morning. Yep. And then yep. again, it comes back to understanding how to properly weigh yourself. What does the scale mean? What does that number mean? What if it doesn't go up? You know, what if it stays the same and all of that? Um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about, you know, very briefly around, you know, reverse dieting. And yeah, yeah, I think actually that's a really good, that's a good segue because especially, and and this is kind of a, this is a mindset block that I definitely had. And I think you probably had too. I kind of have it now. (laughs) Alyssa's in a bulk right now. I just finished a bulk and, um, it's definitely, it plays with your mind. Like even when you, even when you know better, Mm -hmm. it still comes up like those patterns still are there. And I find myself like having to like tap them down intentionally. Um, but when it comes to reverse, so like, you know, there, there usually are some scale based changes, but the measurements are like the measurements and strength progressions. Mm -hmm. Like those are like my two favorite ones to kind of help clients to see when those, those mindset blocks start coming up, you know, in check-ins, you will hear, you know, like, I, I feel great. Like my energy is so good, but the scale is not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, or the scale went up and it's like, why is the way that you feel inferior to what this stupid device is telling you? Yeah, Like you have to have other ways of measuring progress. And I know that sounds like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone talks about non-scale victories, Yeah, but like, knowing it and actually doing it and not letting it influence the rest of your day or your week or whatever you're doing is like a whole different animal. What changed it for you? What changed like your idea of the scale, scale anxiety, let's say, what changed it for you? I think for me, I had to go through the process and look back and see that nothing bad happened. So like over a six month time frame, let's just say, which was when I brought my calories up a thousand, I was very, I was very afraid. But I think the reason why I kept doing it is because my body started to look different and it looked, it looked like healthier from the outside. It didn't look so like emaciated. Mm. Um, And I think the other thing too, is that I was very worried about going back to the old me, um, which was really like an intermediary me because like before I had kids, I was really into like running and triathlons and all this stuff. And I was never like super fit, but I, I wasn't like, I wasn't overweight per se. Um, and so then when that happened to me and I was, I was very, very ashamed of like how my body looked. And I felt like as a mom, I had like let myself go and mm. I didn't want to be back in that place. Cause I didn't like myself there either. 
So it was like, I have to do something that I've never done because I've never, never gotten to what I, what I hope or what I've sculpted in my mind. And honestly, I think it was having you as a friend. I mean, I know that sounds like really corny, but like, I couldn't talk to my husband about it. I couldn't talk to my sister. I couldn't talk to my mom about it because they didn't understand. They weren't going through it at the same time. And I mean, I remember like messaging you, um, we would always like do our like virtual check-in yeah. um, like on Saturdays and we would message each other and say like, what happened with yours? What happened with mine? Yeah. You know, or that kind of thing. And that was really helpful for me. And you and I would have like similar things pop up week to week. Again, it comes back to having that accountability partner, but also the person that is going through the same thing as you. And like you do it now because, so I'm going through my very first bulk. So my very, I'm eating in a surplus. Um, I've never eaten, well, I ate in a surplus, but I didn't know I was eating in a surplus, but strategically, this is my first time ever eating the surplus. And it was freaking scary. Um, but the fact that you've done a bulk before you're just coming out of one. So even just the other day, I'm like, okay, I feel gross. My clothes that that I rebought because I lost so much weight. Now I have, you know, and you're going through the same thing. It's like, well, crap, do I have to go buy now more clothes now that I'm in a bulk, but what happens? Cause I'm not going to stay here forever. So what happens when I, you know, it's just like that whole push and pull, but there'll be days where I'm just like, I feel super fluffy. I see my little roll. I never had a roll. Like where's my abs going and all of those things. Cause you see your body changing and you know, the initial reaction is, Oh my God, I'm getting fat again. Like in my mind, this is, these are the words that I use, which are not great words, right? They're not positive. But when you have someone who's been through it, you know, and sometimes you'll say to me, yeah, it's totally normal. And I know it's normal. I know, but you need that other person to give you permission to say, it's okay to gain a bit of weight. It's okay that your clothes are getting tight. And also if I could say, when we talk about context and understanding the big picture, that's what gets me through this. I'm going to be doing this till March. So I'm just starting, but I have to keep reminding myself, why am I doing this? Because I want to build muscle. I want to build my glutes. I've been trying to build my glutes for years and I just can't. So I'm like, okay, this is the sacrifice. This is what I have to go through. But I think it's just understanding the process. And, you know, like you and I both know with our clients, it's like, they'll understand reverse dieting. We'll explain it. They'll be like, yeah, I'm on board. Great. After about four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, sometimes two months, they've been with you for a while and they're like, yeah, but I'm not losing weight. And you're like, okay, but hang on. Like, remember what the pro, remember this, their strategy, remember our plan. Oh, right. That's right. It's almost like you need to be reminded that this is the phase that you're in and this is why this is happening, but this is the end game. And so I think, you know, just having that, uh, community, that helps you realize that you're not alone is, is a really big one. And for me, the scale, mine's a bit more simple. It's not so, um, I guess of a psycho, like deep kind of answer. Me was really just about understanding how to properly weigh myself. That changed the game for me is understanding fluctuations. So when someone said to me, you weigh yourself every day at the exact same time, because you can't compare, you wouldn't be able to compare your weight if you weighed yourself Monday morning and then into Tuesday night, 
Like mm-hmm. the variables are, are changing so much They're within different. the day that how do you compare one variable to another because the variables aren't the same. So you have to make them the same in order to compare day over day or week over week. So if you want to weigh yourself at night, go for it, right? The scale is probably going to be higher, but if you weigh yourself at night, every night, then you'll be able to see that change. So for me, it was like, okay, I'll weigh myself every single morning, no matter what. And understanding that our weight goes up and down every day and then comparing it week over week as an average just just changed it for me. Um, even now, it's just like numbers. You just put in numbers, right? It's just, like, it's just data. It's just, it's, just, yeah. it's just data, exactly what it is. And I mean, there were days where I was just like four pounds heavier. How is that possible? But I think when I ask my clients, like, how does that feel for them? Because some people have scale anxiety. And I always ask first, is this going to put you back? Like, is are you so worried about the scale that weighing yourself every day is going to bring up, you know, negative feelings, then we're not going to do that. We're going to decide on however many days a week you want to weigh yourself. And that's what we're going to stick to. But if you don't, this is the best way to do it. So when they do that and they're just like, oh, that makes so much more sense because then you're not so focused on I'm seven pounds, I'm four pounds heavier today. Well, you're not, you didn't gain four pounds in, in, you know, 12 hours. So I think it's just, it just gives you again, different context and it gives you a bit of a bigger picture. And that just kind of changed it for me, but I'm not going to lie. I don't pay attention to the numbers so much, but when, when you start to feel your clothes get tighter, you're like, this is, this is messing with me. (laughs) Uh, But again, even if you're in the industry, we feel it too. You know, we've, we don't want to get up all the time. We don't want to work out all the time. We don't have the best workouts. Sometimes we don't sweat. We don't, you know, you're just like halfway through your workout. You're like, I want to go home. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, We all go through it. So I think it's just, you know, it helps when other, when you know other people. And and like you said, the, the fitness educator that you were following, um, I too was following the same person and, and that group of people, you know, when they started sharing their journey, I'm like, oh, they're professionals. And they think this way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it gave me permission to think that way. Yeah, exactly. And I think that even just comes back to like, <clears throat> overall, the reason why we wanted to really make this episode is because we want other people out there to just know that there's a lot of information out there. There's so much like you could literally, you know, if, if people really wanted to, if they had the time and the effort, they could probably take like our entire content and like put together a plan. But if you don't know why behind it, then you're constantly always questioning yourself. And that leads to lack of confidence. And when you don't have confidence, then you're not consistent. And when you're not consistent, you're not motivated to keep going. That's you just kind don't of have like the a, discipline to do it. It's just like, it's like a domino. So our our idea with the, with the episode and hopefully you found it helpful. I mean, we have like so many other things that we could talk about. Like we will do a part two. Yeah. I was going to say, we should definitely do a part two because I I think we maybe got through like half of our list. Yeah. We, um, we weren't really sure exactly how long it was going to take. And we said, we're just going to kind of let the conversation flow. Um, so we should definitely do that, but hopefully you were able to see that, you know, there's things that come up that are so common for people and just know that everything that you see online and in marketing, like 
I like to say like, does this apply to me and my goals right now? And very quickly, Danielle, it's really important that I think we mentioned is that there's with nutrition and training, there's no regulation. Anyone can say anything. We have to remember, this is not like I'm a doctor and I'm publishing this on this. So when you see all these different diets and, you know, um, coffees and products and all of this stuff, anyone can do anything. You don't even have to have any sort of certifications or education around it. You can just say whatever. And I think that's really important that when you're researching, when you're Googling and you're looking at, well, it says, well, what says, who says, right? Compared to what? Where is your article coming from? Where is your information coming from? And just making sure that it is from a reputable source because anyone can say anything. Yep, exactly. Yep. I think that's a really important point to just kind of end on. And essentially, I hope that, you know, somebody out there, you know, maybe some of this is old information for you, but I can almost guarantee that hopefully you are able to walk away with at least a couple things new, or maybe had a few ahas that you maybe didn't have um, before we put this episode out there for you. So um, any final or parting thoughts from you? Where can people find you? Um, I am on Instagram at Alyssa underscore Surtees. Um, and first and last name as well on Facebook. And uh, this has been great. I'm glad that we were able to have this chat. I think just coming on and chatting about, you know, our own struggles as coaches, um, as you know, previous coaches and then being a coach now and really talking about journeys. I don't know about you, but for me, it's very inspirational. And it just, again, I think permission and accountability and just knowing you are not alone is a really big one. People feel alone in their feelings, alone in their frustration with, you know, results. And I think just knowing that there is so much, there's so many people and so many resources out there that you need to find your tribe um, that is going to help you and support you and lift you up when you need it, because this can be um, a very difficult industry, especially with social media, to constantly, you know, have that comparison all the time. Or maybe you don't have the support from a spouse and you really want to change, but you just don't know where to start or you can't. Um, I think just making sure that you reach out to to people that that get you. Um, and that's, and that essentially is, is going to, uh, create a new lifestyle for you. Yeah. And I think the other thing I would say too, now that you talk about that, I think, and I'll just kind of end on this is just know that there's going to be multiple iterations of you. There's going to be multiple versions of your journey and you and me and Alyssa and everybody out there. It's just a constant evolution. Like you are always transitioning. You are always moving to the next thing. And there's no need to like feel bad or feel some kind of way about what you used to do or maybe what you used to believe. It's more or less like reframe that to realizing that like I needed that. I think I, or I probably needed that at that time, but there might come a time when that changes And if you're feeling called that it's time to make that change, there's not anybody out there that's going to tell you, hey, uh, tap you on the shoulder like, hey, it's time. You have to decide. You have to decide. Whatever that is, whether that be 
you know, doing something different, finding somebody else out there to coach you or finding some other program to follow or whatever it is. Maybe if you can't afford to invest in something like that, find somebody in an online group that you feel like, you know, might have similar goals as you and start talking with them. I mean, that's literally where we started. So. Yep. Absolutely. Great. All right. Thanks for having well, me. It was really fun. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, as always, I hope that this episode helped you to be able to get a little farther ahead. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Danny Abel podcast. If you're enjoying the show and you haven't already, consider subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. If you love the episode, screenshot it, share it to your story and tag me. And lastly, if you have any questions, send me a DM and I'll see if I can help. Thanks again for listening. Take care.